you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. The Around the NFL Podcast still follows TD on Twitter. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. Wes, shot out of a man cannon today. <laughs> Just a basic hoodie. That's this... Mark, you're you're the expert. This this is the same as Maroon Thunder, only gray, right? In terms of the brand, <laughs> that right? one is the genuine article man cannon mm. hoodie. This is I wouldn't call I would call it fringe man cannon. Okay, I'm gonna take a picture right now and send it out to. The I list. like that Wes's masculinity and wardrobe is now kind of our. We used to mix it up. Now that's just our go-to. Let's talk about that. Because <laughs> I. Because I think I love Wes's reaction to it. The, you know, he's uncomfortable, but there's a part of him that's like, yeah, you guys are right. Yeah, I fail to see the connection between masculinity and the change in my <laughs> wardrobe. I, I thought my plaid shirts were masculine. I, they were very masculine. I never, it was never about masculinity. They were country. It was more the idea. <laughs> that's what I've been told. Of Chris Wessling. And I thought, I, I thought that Gonzo put it well, actually, at the bar over the weekend. Uh, we were talking about something, probably Brock Osweiler. In fact, I think it was. And uh, and and Gonzo said, "Listen, Wes is a black and white guy, and this—that's not even true. You're, listen, a very nuanced, complex fellow. And the fact that you're wearing a gray man cadden sweater right now—it says a lot." Gonzo, uh, by the way, Colleen Connie Fox's husband, John the, Gonzalez. The the how you've kind of transformed in your relationship with your paramour, and I think th- these man cannons—they speak so much for that transformation. You're like a butterfly. <laughs> it's a metamorphosis. <laughs> it's a metamorphosis. You 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 think you're a lot different now than you were before you met Paramore, right? No. Oh. I think I'm the same person. <laughs> I noticed another metamorphosis. What? Up until now, New Money, or I would say in the past, Sydney, very delighted to kind of work with us and the whole experience. I noticed a genuine uh, exhaustion with the four of us <laughs> during the lead up to the show today where it, you know we were all chatting away, kind of getting warmed up. Just sort of, I mean, she's got places to go, things to spend her loot kind on. Kind of, w- would would you say this is accurate? Kind of over it. A little over it. 
I mean, listen, <laughs> it is now 2.25. If you take a look at your rundown, what time does it say we were supposed to start? I like this. What is this affectation well. you're speaking with right now? You sound like Roz from Frasier. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we were supposed to begin at 2. You are correct. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. So we should apologize. Sorry, Sid. We will be more punctual going forward. And and you know what? Let's start talking about today's show because it, it it's going to be a good one. It's going to be a pretty solid show, I think, uh, because uh, we have a lot to get to. The head coach posting has been filled. How about that? Mm. How about how about that? Intern label peeled off for the second time in as many years. Uh, so we'll be talking about that. Uh, some other updates, including a, a star wide receiver out of Green Bay as we head towards the divisional round. Uh, speaking of the divisional round, Mark, you, good sir, wrote a banger. Um, and, you know, help me out with this. It's sexiest Super Bowl <laughs> matchups. Now, does that mean we're picking the Super Bowl matchups that we'd most want to have sex with? Uh <laughs> Well, no, it's the, what I, you know, I sent Walk me in. through this. Right, sure. It's, I mean, in theory, it's the ones we'd want to see the most. The, the, oh, so like yeah. the rosters with the highest, like, collection of sexy players. Well, that's a whole different type of assignment, not one that I, that I did. I mean, I sent it in. When you send these things, you write it and you put it in an email, you send it to the editors. And I just shot that as the title. It's kind of a, honestly, kind of a joke. And then I saw it tweeted out by the NFL and a lot of people very upset with the idea that that was the title that I came up with. No editor is going to turn down a chance to put sexy in a headline title. Yeah, it's sexy. Well, you're right. The sexy opportunity. So it's not about being intimate with the teams. It's, it's not about, about, no, it's not that type of experience. Okay, good. Uh, as far as I know. We will close the show by, uh, we haven't done this in a while, we're going to open up the mailbag and uh, see what the listeners have to say. So nice little show. Uh, but before uh, we do any of that, first I want to share our sponsor, of course, uh, exclusive sponsor of the Around the NFL podcast, Mr. Flame and his economics class in The Hague, the Netherlands. Mr. F. Literally. I mean, if you want to know how to crunch them numbers and know, more importantly, why the numbers get crunched and how, I think that's what happens in that class. Or learn how to, you know, maybe just learn how to sponsor a global podcast. It's become much more than numbers. Absolutely. It's been about loyalty. A true gentleman. And um, some other things. Okay, let's get into the news. New money. Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Ah, yes. It is playoff time, but let's start by talking about a team that has not sniffed the playoffs in a very long time. The Jacksonville Jaguars just... Uh, finished up a four-year four-year run with uh, the Mark. Why is your leg up on the table? <laughs> it's resting it. Uh, if it makes Sorry. You, if it's because you have some type of issue and you need to put it up. Do I it. do. I'm just gonna put it up there and rest it for a minute. All right. Yeah, I'm gonna have to take my second. Well, it's two. It's Tuesday. We're not on camera, so who cares? Okay. I got two photos to tweet out after the show. Now, anyway. The Jaguars, have, they stink under Gus Bradley uh, two games before the season ended. What do they do? They fire Gus, and they promote uh, Doug Marone, our old friend Doug, uh, to interim coach. And what do we learn on Monday? Push me, push, I'm uh, close to the edge. I'm trying Doug. not to lose my head. You know what I'm saying? 
what is this? Doug, we're trying to we're trying to do some stuff here. Uh, the Jaguars. We, that was Doug. That Marone. is Doug Marone from his Buffalo Bills days. Oh, right. Is that right? Or was he? Was he no, with the Jacksonville Jaguars? Forgot about it was that. His offensive line coach right, days. Right. It was a Jaguars tweet that was sent out over Cutting the summer. Loose. Surprisingly, anyway, Marone, who finished the 2016 uh, season as the interim coach, has accepted the team's full time head coaching job. A source informed of the situation told our own rap sheet. The team later made the announcement official and. Uh, Here's where it gets a little – there's a little more intrigue. So, yeah, a little surprising that Doug's involved uh, in a a full-time capacity. Uh, But here's where I find it even more interesting. The team also hired Tom Coughlin, their first head coach, and, of course, the former Giants coach, two-time Super Bowl winner, as the team's executive vice president. They also extended general manager Dave Caldwell's contract. All three deals run through the 2019 season. Greg, it sets up an interesting dynamic in Jacksonville, doesn't it? It's very strange. Imagine for interviewing for a job, getting the job like Doug Marone just did, and then finding hey man, out. Here I am, Doug, Doug. man on your scene. I can give you what you want. You got to come home with me. Doug, we're trying to do a podcast. <laughs> Go ahead, Greg. I mean, that's the best thing Doug Marone's done in the last few years. Um you get the job, and then you find out, oh, who's who's my new boss going to be? Oh, it's not someone I interviewed with. Oh, wait, it's the guy that was interviewing for the exact same job as me and wanted it. Not only is he my boss, he's my boss's boss. Tom Coughlin. Tom Coughlin's a couple, you know, rungs, rungs up, up the here. old ladder. He's yep. an EVP. So it, it's a strange situation, but I'm sure Doug, who quit on the. Bills essentially two years ago is pretty happy to get it back in the big chair only two years after Mark, that. Is it fair to say that Doug was playing chess this whole time? <laughs> I think he was. I mean, he quit. I actually reread an ESPN profile from 2015 in which he talked in depth about how hard it was after he walked out on that job, uh, the the vitriol that came from Western mm. New York and, and trying to reboot his career at Jacksonville. Yeah. Uh, Think about all the the tough responses he had to the mass text uh, that he told his players that he was quitting with. I mean, that must have been tough. He was not a popular guy after this happened, and he's he's never explained why. He, hustling, he quit. hustling, Doug. Hustling, hustling. Oh, where are you going? Uh, just calm down, Dougie. Uh, but he never explained it. But now he ends up back in a big chair, Mark. I have to assume that the Jaguars, before they sealed all this up had words with everyone involved that if you're Tom Coughlin or if you're Doug Marone or if you're David Caldwell, we are all going to agree that we can work together because the Doug Marone departure in Buffalo had whispers attached to it for over a year where he was not getting along with Doug Whaley. And that's that's gone on in Buffalo. So that makes me wonder if Doug Marone was not just the – it's easy to look at him and the way he exited Buffalo and say, bad on you, but – that's not an, that organization has its own issues. It's funny because Joe Banner, who wanted, he was interested in hiring Doug Marone when they hired Rob Chitinsky. See, rap is a New York City thing. It ain't, it ain't nothing about race or culture. It's New York City. I mean, I'm sure some people oh. I mean, come on. Take him to task on that. that Rap's be. not about culture. I mean, he's a Syracuse guy. I don't know if he's a New York City guy. Well, he is. He's he from did. the Bronx. He's Go from ahead, the Mark. Bronx. But Joe Banner tweeted out yesterday. He said, fantastic head coach hired by the Jags. He will do a great job. Has been my top head coach since we interviewed him my first year in Cleveland. They couldn't get him because Buffalo took him away. I think that some people inside the NFL circles think very differently about Doug Marone than the media do or certainly Buffalo Bills fans do. I think unquestionably they played different in the final two games than they did the rest of the 2016 season. And 
Doug Maroon deserves some credit for that. Blake Bortles played with more confidence. He was more decisive. The play calling was a little bit different, and the defense played better too. Well, he got he credit. He got job. better than credit. He got three three year contract. It really sounded based. No, I'm on, saying from us, he deserves some credit. Sure, it, it really sounded from Ian Rappaport, our NFL Network insider, nice, nice. that that he got the job based on those two games. That's why that they loved that they loved what they saw. They loved the direction. They loved his leadership. It's a little surprising, isn't it? I mean, to it's end not of no, December we, games. A week ago, we did not predict this course for them, but yeah. they're taking. It's not a safe route, but and, I think they really wanted Tom Coughlin to be part of this somehow. And Doug's going to take the job. Doug, it's there's only 32 of these. He's, I think he learned a lesson a little bit about how how fleeting this stuff can be. He's got some good things going for it, and guy. it's not a bad job. But you know what else? It's a little to me tricky when Tommy Coughlin, like we said, upstairs openly campaign for that for that job. And if they have another tough year, who's to say Tom Coughlin won't say, I think I'm the man to take this team finally in the right direction after another four and or one is or one his own hire. You know, I I looked at this and I think Bill Parcells has been noted as a Doug Marone backer whisper that he he believed Doug Marone was going to be a great head coach, too. And so it all kind of makes sense. Yep. They're in the same tree. I looked at this as kind of a doubling down on the Blake Bortles era that Doug Marone, it sounds like really sold them on his ability that he believes in Blake Bortles, that he can turn Blake Bortles around. You have Caldwell, who's been given a long rope here to build this team up for four years. He believes in Bortles and and the, the contract only being three years. It kind of seems like to me, it's like Marone and Caldwell, they're Bortles guys, and they got to they gotta get the Bortles thing working. And if it doesn't work, then maybe Tom Coughlin gets to choose a different coach in a year or two. Himself, potentially. Would you equate this with the Dolphins? Uh, if they had done this, extended old muscles, Dan Campbell, after he put a hurting on the Houston Texans last year? <laughs> no, because Marone has, he has experience and I think more uh, respect in terms of an ability, it to does run remind home. me of the he, Dolphins hiring and, Bill Parcells upstairs. They were nine and seven in Buffalo in 2014. I mean, he he certainly only has experience season for the Bills in 12 years. So, uh, more coaching news this time in Cleveland. Um, the Browns have fired defensive coordinator Ray Horton after one season. Rap sheet reported uh, over the weekend to replace Horton. The Browns. Uh, announced Sunday that they have hired former Rams defensive coordinator Greg with two G's Williams. Um, uh, this mark is a move that some people will find surprising. It's uh, it means a change in their defensive front. Williams obviously comes with his own baggage, and for a team that has preached um, uh, continuity, uh, there seem to be a lot of changes going on uh, underneath uh, head coach. Yeah, there are. I mean, I guess I want to be more surprised by changes when you have a coaching staff that presided over a one and 15 team. I mean, it's, I, people are going to want to leave that situation. Number one, and some are going to be asked to leave. And I, you know, with Doug, with, with uh, Greg Williams, there's obviously the bounty gate history, but I read an interesting article from Matt Bowen, who's now a writer, but a former NFL player who played for Williams in Washington. He talked about what it's like playing for Williams beyond the whole bounty gate thing. And he just had one, one, one uh, paragraph that I'll read, he said, within five minutes during his first meeting with Williams, he said, I knew this was the guy I wanted to play for. He commanded that meeting room, spoke with supreme confidence, and let us know right away that things were going to change at Redskins Park. And look, at, I, I think every time someone comes in, you want to look at all the positives. Uh, Cleveland, 
needed to make a change, and they had to pick from the guys that were available. I don't know what else to say about. Did Greg they need Williams. to make a change? I I think if you look at Cleveland's defense, it got worse as the season went on, and I I don't have a problem with them making a switch. I guess my question would be the fact that. Sometimes I, I because they left the, them with very little talent going into the season, and then of course when you have no talent, it's going to be hard to win games. And then you're making heads roll when you didn't have a lot of weaponry to go into the season. So it surprises it surprises me that they're making these changes on both sides of the ball. Yeah, I mean I think it's it's ripe for critique and it's being critiqued. I do think if anything that Greg Williams, his defense is at least. Uh, it seems like it would be a welcome change for Cleveland to have any sort of bite on defense, which they've not had since I've worked here and since you've worked here. Yeah, you might not fair. know the answer to this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Um, how often have the Browns vacillated between four three and three four systems? Uh, many times. I mean, I That's would a say recipe for failure. It is. It is. So when you talk about it being critiqued, 100. percent I would also say that the way that their roster's built right now that. I wouldn't say they're a distinctly talented 3-4 team right. or a 4-3 team, a so point. they are fluid. I could see the thinking that Greg Williams is a good coach to have on a team without a lot of great talent because he'll be so aggressive and you know he's all about forcing turnovers. They t- his teams tend to give up big plays, but maybe you can win a little bit with scheme when you don't have the most talented players in the world. It's worth noting for all the talent with the Rams the last few years, I mean, they, they weren't really a great defense. They, they were, were a mid- disaster down the stretch. They were a middle, middle of the road in terms of points and yards in general every year. Um, in New Orleans, he certainly had his success, but he's he's kind of a boomer bust type of coach, mm-hmm. and maybe that's not bad for a team that, that doesn't have a lot of play. Any of these guys that are getting hired, there's a reason that they were available. It's well, funny how these guys get passed around. Sure. They go through so many stops. One thing, I, there's also a lack of kind of in-game discipline on the Jeff Fisher, Greg Williams defense. Oh, Aaron yeah. Donald getting kicked out of games. Ogletree hitting people after the play. Mm-hmm. The way they treated Odell Beckham a couple of years ago. There's all kinds of <laughs> discipline issues. Stuff going on after the whistle too. Well, if you were if you were doing a pool, which would be extremely strange, wrong of which defensive coordinators would most likely be caught in a scandal for their players being dirty. I think Greg Williams would have been basically at the top of the list. Has and, to be. And he was. Now, yeah. I mean, I'm saying even before before Bounty Gate happened, and, and, and he was. So I, I don't think it was a surprise. Yep. And one other change on the other side of the ball in Cleveland, Pep Hamilton, who came over this past season as an associate head coach of the offense, uh, is joining Jim Harbaugh in Michigan. So uh, Hugh has some work to do on both sides of the ball. Moving on. Another move, uh, Bill Musgrave was the offensive coordinator of a Raiders uh, offense that put a lot of points on the board this year, uh, but that doesn't mean he's coming back. Uh, Rap Sheet reports that Musgrave is, quote, not expected to return uh, to Oakland in 2017. Uh, Musgrave's offense finished sixth in the NFL in total yards and seventh in points, uh, but they're going in-house, Greg, and in-house means uh, uh, the quarterback's coach, I believe. Yeah, that's that's the that's the rumor expectation, anyway. and just you know, reading the quick articles about this, it really sounds like they were maybe worried that uh, the quarterbacks coach was going to leave. Uh, Todd Downing is his name for another coordinator job, so this is their way of keeping him. Because otherwise, it's a little strange. Carr is going to have his third offensive coordinator now in four years, but if you're just promoting from within. You're not changing the system. That makes a little more sense to me. I feel like the one thing that we've learned from Hard Knocks, well, not the one thing, but one thing we have learned is that 
the quarterback room, the quarterback coach has so much day-to-day interaction with his quarterbacks that if this is the guy that Derek Carr feels attached at the hip to, that you don't want to lose him. You want to keep that guy, yeah. the Derek Carr, under you know the growth he had this year that he feels the most comfortable with. Speaking of Derek Carr, it's been oh, five yeah. days since I learned that Derek Carr, the Raider star, blocked me on Twitter. I thank everyone the outpouring of support. Tweets at Derek Carr to change his mind for what was really a completely unfair. And I'm not saying I didn't ask for this, You're right? But I'm thanking the people that did, uh, uh, trying to get him to change his mind. Uh, but yes, five days and counting. Derek Carr blocking. His I, I'm place. kind of with Greg. It feels like uh, if you're Derek Carr and you're suddenly getting, you know, hundreds of tweets regarding an NFL, <laughs> you know, media figure, and why you blocked him, that it's not going to necessarily heal the relationship or he opens up the books if you know what i'm saying and says what did i really do this for and was that the right decision that i think it can't help that's the way i look at it this needs a 1982 style uh evening news graphic america held hostage Mm. day seven or whatever (laughs) i want to know uh before we move on what did bill musgrave do to jack del rio for him to torture this guy like a like a little cat playing with a ball of yarn. He hired him in Jacksonville as his offensive coordinator. After two years, fired him there. Then he's like, okay, you know, 20 years later or whatever, 15 years later, it's all good. Let's let's hire you again, buddy. That's not going to happen again. And then two years later, fire him again. Controversial theory here, but Derek Carr has proven to have an itchy trigger figure. I mean, maybe Derek Carr blocked him (laughs) out of his life. Yeah. Never I mean, the guy, the guy does unfair things. We know that. You know when you were you a kid? The center at all this is this. Not like you were a kid no, and you'd start. you have friends sleep over and it was a cool thing because you yeah. could stay up late. But then like around like 10 in the morning the next day, you're like, eh, I'm ready for this friend to leave. Like yeah. He's a good friend, but it's time for time. him to get out of my house. Maybe that's how the, the Del sure. Rio Musgrave relationship. Sure, like midway through this season, he was like, oh, yeah, this guy just annoys me. Yeah. That's why I fired <laughs> that's him. That's why. Time. All right, where were we? Derek Carr got Bill Musgrave fired. Next up, Jordy <laughs> Nelson. We're probably not going to see Jordy uh, this weekend in Dallas. Uh, Coach Mike McCarthy told reporters on Monday that the star wideout had a shot to suit up uh, for the divisional round matchup on uh, Sunday. Uh, but that would take a, quote, incredible effort, according to Rapsheet, who cited sources to report that Nelson suffered at least two fractured ribs after taking a vicious shot from Giants cornerback Leon Hall in the first half of Green Bay's win over the Giants in the wild card playoffs. Chris Wessling, uh, we all know Aaron Rodgers is playing incredibly right now, and as whoever's in the lineup, uh, he, they're putting up points. But as the opponents get tougher and tougher, is this going to show itself as being a major problem? The way Aaron Rodgers is playing, I I think they'll be fine. I really do. I think that Geronimo Allison has played well when he's played. Randall Cobb is coming off his best game in two years. Devontae Adams has played well except for a few drops. But I think Aaron Rodgers can still take apart mm. the Cowboys' defense without Jordy Nelson. I think it's a huge problem because I think their offense has to play, play at such a high level to keep up with their defense which next the next this week and maybe next week has 
has brutal matchups where they're not going to be able to keep up on the field. And like last year, we put everything on, oh, they're struggling because Jordy's gone. That was too much. I think this week it's almost too much the other way that it's not going to be a big factor. He's still easily one of their two best receivers. Him and Adams are easily the best two, and there's a drop to Allison, and and that hurts going against a good Cowboys secondary. PFF had the Cowboys secondary as the number one group in the league, and they're deep. I don't know if I agree with that. It's insane. But it's a deep secondary, so losing Nelson to me is a is a big-time factor. Come on. If By the way, if you want to hear their talk about Aaron Rodgers said he might play with a Kevlar vest. If you want to hear the story of the invention of the football flak jacket, NFL.com slash love you blue. It's in there. There you go. Wow. One of Wes's uh, long forms that you could see only on NFL.com. By the way, if Randall Cobb is going to be Randall Cobb again, they're going to be fine. Right. right? Because he was he was such a great player. And that, then he disappeared, and then all of a sudden he showed up again. That would definitely compensate for him the loss. Him and Adams had opinion. like 250 yards and four touchdowns last week. I, I get it, but I just mean they have to be A++ to beat, to beat a team like the Cowboys. They've been A++ sure. and, for eight weeks. And they're, but they're lo- I, I don't think you just take away your best a guy who's your best receiver, and, it, and it's like, oh, that's nothing. They're fine. Yeah. It's you mean like I when the Cowboys had Des Bryant taken away and they were a better team during that stretch? <laughs> they beat the, the Packers for one. Right. Did you guys see um, what Aaron Rodgers said like seven weeks ago? He said that the Packers can run the table. Really? The breaking news. Yeah, I think we can run the table. I want a list of all the things that he said or other people have said that never happened. Because he, I could go back. I think the week before he said something vaguely similar to that. And like then <laughs> they, they lost, lost, like then they lost one more time. And then he said that. You know. It's like the most Greg angle on this story you it's could possibly true. come up with. It's true. Um, finally in the news, a little nugget here. This weekend, this past weekend's four uh, wild card games had a total margin of victory of 76 points. Hmm. Uh, that 19-point differential average is the highest of any wild card weekend since 1981 and makes this opening round the most lopsided since expanding to four uh, teams in 1990. That's per NFL research. 81. Uh-huh. I mean, that's a full 35 years ago. That mm. Break it down. One decade, two decades, three decades. That's between three and four decades. Okay. Long Ta- time. We've talked about it all year, the haves and the have-nots. That's as long as Eli Manning's been playing for the Giants. That, he's been on the team a very long time. Hmm. Let's, uh, well, good that's nugget. what's happening in the news. That's a good nug. Yeah. You like to get out on a nug. Speaking of nugs, I got a, a sexy nug in front of me. It's a uh, a banger from the great Mark Sessler. Uh, it's titled Super Bowl 51, colon, ranking the sexiest potential matchups. And I like this, Mark. I like this. There are eight teams remaining in the playoffs. So uh, you look at all these teams. Take me. I'm trying to walk myself through your thought process. Tell me mm. uh, if I go astray and just put me back on the path. Okay. So there's eight teams. Yeah. Okay. You can, there's uh, any number of permutations. Uh, for these teams remaining, right? Uh, There's a finite, finite. number. It's yeah. a finite yeah, just... yeah, number. And you said, well, let's break it down. But the one thing you couldn't do, you couldn't have the Cowboys and the Packers in the Super Bowl. Why? Same conference. Bingo. It's not how the Super Bowl works. Yeah. Well, plus, the, yeah, they're playing this week. Yeah, I mean, right. it really not boiled either. down yeah. to, uh, as many of these assignments do, I was asked to do it by an editor, and I did it. <laughs> so uh, let's talk about it. And I, I, think, uh, I think everyone will agree... Uh, with your uh, uh, number one 
choice. Well, I don't know if that's – I know Greg won't agree. Um, but the Dallas Cowboys versus the Pittsburgh Steel versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, Mark, explain to the audience and maybe the younger kids out there why this is such a special matchup. Well, <laughs> okay. Um, I, I think, number one, obviously, if you, if you care about football history – which is probably you know a fraction of the audience at this point. It's like two percent of the audience, and they're all working in the media. Sure, and that's that's would be the group of people that would think it's some sort of harking back to their two Super Bowl clashes in the '70s. For people that are still kind of old, Troy Aikman's Cowboys beat Neil O'Donnell's Steelers in 1995. But for me, the reason that I put this number one is because when we see Dallas at the height of its powers and when we see the Steelers at the height of theirs and you look back to what happened in Week 10, arguably the game of the year, and you look at Le'Veon Bell and Ezekiel Elliott, I don't know what's not to like about this matchup. It's just, the, to me, the most complete option for a Super Bowl out there. Mm. In my opinion. Got to tell you, I was skeptical going into this, but your explanation swayed me. Oh, you've done it again, Mm. Mark. You've impressed Wes (laughs) with a point you've made. (laughs) Always great. (laughs) Always great. You did it again. It's one of Dan's favorite things. It should be its own segment. (laughs) Sydney, can we work on that for the offseason entire episode where it's just Wes saying, what a great point you just made, Mark? I've done it like six times ever. I'm not sure Sydney's still here. (laughs) So that's a nice matchup. I think so. That's why I put it number one. But it's to you, it's it's a nice matchup, uh, but one that's very close. And Greg, you tell me you agree with this one. I feel like this one would be your number one: the Green Bay Packers mm. against the New England Patriots. Well, oh man, my number one would be what's number three. On oh, the what list. is that? Mm. What Dallas is that? Cowboys, New England Patriots, and I bet uh, you know. I'm a company man. I'm born the same day as Roger Goodell. I bet this is what old uh, – I'm born the same day as Chris Wessling too, of course. Wow. Bury wow. The All three of us. Power trio. NFL. Can you guys like <laughs> – something Whoa. feels slightly suspicious about the three Wes, of you all being born on the same on day. That. Thanks a lot, One Way. <laughs> what does that even mean? One Way. You only care about yourself. Oh, I was talking about Goodell. The whole point was <laughs> the, was league, the league – they would, would salivate. They would love a little mm-hmm. Cowboys Patriots. And I'm I'm with you. The Steelers Cowboys would be maybe the most exciting Super Bowl matchup we've had in years. Seahawks Patriots was was pretty good two two years ago. Mm-hmm. But Cowboys Patriots, the Patriots chance to win uh, a fifth Super Bowl against this Cowboys team. I mean, it just feels like a little bit of everything That's in that a, matchup. That's a great matchup. Can I just say something though? And you're not going to like this. In fact, let's let's head over to the throne of sleaze. Cause I'm the, I don't think a lot of people have even thought about this yet. But I thought about this the other day. Went down into my lab. You know my lab. Findings. It's in a, a knot hole in a tree. <laughs> Boo Radley? Yeah. And uh, it's a large knot hole. It's one of those giant trees in the forest in a different part of the world. You basically like kicked the Keebler elves out of there. Yeah, hollowed it out sure. with my woodwork. Anyway. If the Green Bay Packers go on to the Super Bowl, I'm dead serious about this, Greg, and Aaron Rodgers continues what's turning into a legendary run, I got to tell you, and I don't know if anybody agrees with it, but I certainly would hold some stock with me. If if they end up in a Packers-Patriots Super Bowl, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, best quarterback ever, is going to be a discussion. And if Aaron Rodgers beats Tom Brady in that game, you know what, this Peyton Manning thing where you think you vanquished Peyton and Tom's the number one quarterback ever by a larger margin? Aaron. Aaron's your great threat now 
for your precious title of best quarterback ever, especially if he gets to the Super Bowl against your boy and beats him. And that's why it's my favorite one, because it hurts the Patriots and the people that love them. You just constructed a narrative that won't even catch on. <laughs> he would need to continue that legendary right. run for like five or no. six years. Wait, that's the, the thing. Like, why do we have to do the greatest of all time Head right the in the middle of his career? He is so early. At this point in Tom Brady's career, warn you about this. he still had how many Super Bowl chances and how many MVP? You know, you don't know what the rest well, he of He had Aaron. won three Super Bowls by now, Tom Brady. He won three Super Bowls before Aaron Rodgers played. Literally, I mean, in his career. Uh, so, my, all right, he's old, yeah. My, my, <laughs> what do you want from me? He's my point is it, it's too early. That thing doesn't – that doesn't bother me. The, the chance to to win a fifth Super you gotta, Bowl – got to be getting bigger picture, Greg, bigger picture. Well, the bigger picture, you're, you're not as concerned about greatest quarterback of all time. Like, that's always going to be debated. How about greatest team of all time? That's what would hurt if you make it to the Super Bowl and you have a chance to win the fifth. I mean, that kind of puts it on, like – there's, there's no argument, I don't think, in terms of who had the best sustained excellence, dynasty, right. whatever you want to I would agree. It. It, there's never, it, it's the hardest time now to keep doing what they're doing. So yeah. bar none. Okay. Well, that's fine. By the way, it goes, that would hurt. It goes that would the hurt other way, Dan. No matter who you If Brady play. won one more in any of these scenarios, everything that you wish to happen to Brady and the Patriots is utterly mute. It's, no, it's it a, doesn't. You don't understand. Nobody understands what an AFC's uh, team is going through. <laughs> And a fan base. There's nothing else. Well, I'm not on point. a magic carpet there's ride either. I could, here, you know? There's nothing. I'm just saying, in terms yeah. of the Patriots, them winning another Super Bowl, that's not going to make it any worse. No, is, you're right. It won't already, make it any worse for you, but it will make it much better for the Patriots. It's already the horses out of the barn that they've they've ruined a significant portion of my life as a football <laughs> fan. So it's not like this one's going to change anything. But just remember that I said this: if Aaron Rodgers is in the Super Bowl. And he beats the Pats. That's going to become a big talking point. That's all. Well, talking points are useless. You know, it was a talking. You're useless. Talking point before uh, Super Bowl forty-eight was it? When is Peyton Manning the greatest of all time? Before the Seahawks dropped a bomb on him. I mean, that seems like ancient history. It was only a few right. years ago. Yep. Tom took the title, and now everyone recognizes him as such as the greatest. I'm just saying, watch out. Better you better hope that the Cowboys don't lay an egg when you're in Big D this weekend. That's all I'm going to say. I want the Patriots in the Super Bowl. No. <laughs> really? I like great football, and the Patriots are the best football team this year. Also – But you'd be down with the Steelers. Do you You like watching the Steelers have won eight in a row. They're also a great football team, and anytime they take the field, they have a chance to have the three best players on the field. That's another reason. But Tom Brady, I wish I could still watch Johnny Unitas, you know. I, I wish I could dial up some film and watch Brett Favre. I still have the opportunity to watch Tom Brady in his prime, and who knows mm. – how many? He might only have six more years, Dan. I think <laughs> six more months, more like it. I think I wouldn't have a problem with the Patriots being in the Super Bowl again as long as they lost. As long as they lost. Well, yeah. Them losing the Super, there's nothing more fun than that. Uh, so that that's my hope because uh, I obviously want. Well, that's right. It's but a, want to see the Chiefs in the Super Bowl? I don't know about that. It's a throne of ease type of problem, but there is no worse scenario than losing another Super Bowl. You would rather have them lose. Get out the trumpets and flutes. Like last year in the d- championship game or whatever. It, that is the worst. Here come the cherubs with the grapes. I yep. think the commissioner could envision some worse scenarios for <laughs> for your team. Well, you have number but four on your list. them again? You have number four on your list, Mark. The Atlanta Falcons Ooh. against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And this is where we start to get in a different zone because this is for the people that love 
a good football game and watching a team that isn't quite as much on the radar. But this would be, in terms from a national, like broader perspective, not what the NFL was looking. Oh, for. no question about that. And I, I veered away We're from talking about who we want to have sex with, which games we want to have sex with. This one <laughs> may be a six out of ten in terms of. But- uh, attractive. I think that's fair. But if you look at what the Falcons are right now, they could provide one of the great Super Bowl offenses we've ever seen. So you find them sexy. I oh, do. I it's find this out. Eye of the beholder. Yeah. Just so do I. Very hot. These top four matchups you throw out there, I mean, they're all offense crazy. I mean, it's, well, what else all, is there at this point? We just got off a show. Well, number five, yeah. Well, we got off a show where we just acknowledged that essentially these, this number one defense and throw me your best defense, they keep getting a wallop, so get them out of the way. Well, here are the Seattle Seahawks against the Patriots at number five. I believe this should be higher only because, again, you have to kind of spin forward for this. So if the Seahawks are in the Super Bowl, that tells us that they've won three consecutive playoff games and they're they're feeling good, looking like the Seahawks we know. And then you get to build up to the two weeks of the big rematch of arguably the best Super Bowl well, ever. I would put this in the top three, maybe two. I This is purely selfish where I put them. Again, at the top of this thing, I said all these people, yeah, yeah, this is my opinion. I feel like it was five days ago that I was covering this, the Patriots-Seahawks Super Bowl, and I don't need to go back with the same exact storylines. I've got like 15 articles about, oh, will they throw from the one-yard line? I don't want to deal. You want? I want fresh new storylines. That was a fun press box, though. Yes, it was. Well, we had a great time at that game. Well, if you have – Oh, poor oh, Dan. Was. Yeah, I, I forgot about Dan. You got moved down to the middle of the oh, – that was not That fun. was the best thing that could have happened because that was the lowest <laughs> moment of the Around the NFL podcast. And and well, Wes is excusable. You're not really latched onto a team, and you were just getting excited about the game. Uh, Mark, what? jumping around to the Patriots, I hugging listen. Wes and, and Greg after <laughs> yeah. uh, touchdowns by Julian Edelman. I, Dan, I am Dan's not... like, oh, I just watched one of the greatest moments in football history. Well, you know, let me go whatever. hug a colleague. It was no, genuinely. I don't remember it was any a, hugs. Yeah, there were hugs. It was a great game. <laughs> it was a great game. But I am a much bigger Tom Brady fan than I think you would care to hear for about. I like Tom Brady a lot. And I you know, I, I didn't want his career to go out with two Giants oh, losses God, that and then a third so loss. Sad. It's what? Ha- what a setback for Tom personally if he would have lost that game. Okay. <laughs> He'd never recover from it. Bonus game. Bonus game. Green Bay Packers against Kansas City Chiefs. Okay. Well, here's why. It would be literally 50 years after Super Bowl One in a rematch of Super Bowl One, and I think if you, I think that would be an interesting matchup. The one, it was a classic Super Bowl One. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, I think Actually, the, Chief, the Chiefs. No, yeah, I was being sarcastic. And we're gonna like think differently. And it was a blowout. If the Chiefs knock off, it wasn't even called the Super Bowl. The Steelers, and then they knock off New England. Mm. Then we can believe in the fact that they can topple two good offenses. I don't think that's going to happen. I like the high school age listener who responded to Mark and included me in the tweet and said he hopes this matchup happens so I can regale the listeners with stories of Super Bowl one. <laughs> As if I was there covering the game or something. What would be the one uh, that would lead to the biggest collect- collective like pants pooping of sadness from the league office? What is the matter? Oh, it's got to be Houston, I- Atlanta. Yes. Or, or, more, count or more, re- more realistically, Chiefs, Atlanta. Yeah. I mean, Houston. That would be a rematch of a great game. Right. I think it'd be a good game, but it wouldn't, considering right, you got Dallas in the mix and then Pittsburgh, New England in the mix. Houston playing in Houston for the Super Bowl would be the only good thing about Houston in the Super Bowl. <laughs> the the Cowboys, as as great as this rest of the NFC field is, and I don't know, I'd have to go back, but 
you'd be hard pressed to find a better divisional round in one conference than this. I'm year. loving this yep. divisional. round. It's crazy. And yet, as good as it is, Dallas is such far and away the story of the year to me and the best thing going that if if they can make it, that's a thing. Uh, there you go. You could read uh, read Mark's full article at NFL.com slash well, which is which is a phony vanity URL because it simply takes you to. If I've I've written four articles since then, good luck finding it. I mean, well, you just the third down. one down. <laughs> I mean, it's asking a lot from the reader. People what about, don't have that kind. What of about NFL.com/slash/sexiest? Well, they said, you know what, this one doesn't need a vanity URL. That's what I'm saying. That was their that was their editorial decision. NFL.com/slash/sexgames. That might go to a calendar or something. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you can lobby for that. Uh, all right, there you go. Uh, before we leave you all today, it's time to hit up the old ATN mailbag. Do we have any type of uh, music for that, Sid? I can mix them up. Yeah, let's let's see what you got. It's time for the Around the NFL mailbag. You ready? <laughs> you could even have me delivering <laughs> no. it. I could oh, say yeah. something very quick while, you while Doug, she's saying you that. You could have yeah. Doug Marone like sing us. music from sing the other day? Yeah, that's good. Okay. While she looks for that, we need to thank yes. Daniel Clark, longtime listener who sent us a care package of oh. amazing food items, which, you know, Dan, I know you took some. Yeah, for sure. What would you take? Some some, uh, some apple chips. Apple chips home for, for your wife who just had a child. Yeah. Great uh, thing to give to a wife. A few weeks ago, yeah. Kid's two months old now. All right. Well, just is closer than if we talked a year from now. All right. Time for the Around the NFL mailbag delivered by Chris Wesley. Not exactly delivered by Wes, but he'll be involved with the <laughs> metaphorically. process. Yeah, metaphorically. Greg, do you want to get us going? Oh, wow. Starting with me. All right. Do you, you want to work that up to that? That's no, no. That This is good. <laughs> this wasn't prepared. We have we had a, a listener, That's that's what I'm trying to find, who asked... Young, his, his uh, Twitter account, Young Work Visa. Uh, if each ah. hero hero were a rapper, who would they be? And so uh, I've tried to think about. Now it this is kind of your purview because I, I'm a fan of, of some hip hop. Uh, I know the this side of the table not as what? much, but some. Well, some. I'm a fan you? of hip hop. Like what? I didn't know this. This is news. I'm a fan of all genres yeah. that are done well. Hip hop's yeah. done well. Yeah. Back That's off, done. Doug Marone. Yeah, I like hip hop. I like push it if it makes me. Push I'm close to the edge. I'm trying not to lose my head. That's you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know how I got back in here. Um. Anyway. I'm a fan of lots of genres, too. Just throwing that out there. I am, too. I like, everybody like the woman singer song. I don't like this whole page okay. acting okay. like I, You know, give me a break. Wes, is, Wes, Wes was the easiest one to come up with if each year were a rapper. He's Dr. Dre. I mean, he's kind of the solid little cantankerous. You know, kind of a uh, – he's got to come at you with some strong opinions. He's not going to take any any guff. Mm-hmm. He's kind of the old the old man on the block. Wow, I really came out smelling like roses on this one. They forgot it's about me would be his song. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, um, this is an odd one, you know. Oh, God. No, no. This, uh, <laughs> well, the first one – no, no. The first one that came to mind is this guy Danny Brown because he's just from <laughs> he's, – he's from left field. He's from – he, you know, he jumps on the track. He sits outside this, the Seven Eleven down no, the street. On this new Run the Jewels album, he comes on the track, and you're like, "Who is this guy? You can't believe it! Like it's from another planet." He's, 
he's blowing your hair off. You know yeah. what I mean? He, I'll have to listen to him. You don't know where he's got, Young Thug was another one that came to mind. Oh, I mean, similar, I feel it. I feel similar very thing. aligned to Young Thug. Danny Brown or Young Thug, okay? Yeah. I'm going to write these names down. Um, Dan Dan was the hardest to come up with, but I think I, the, the easiest answer is he's Kanye. Oh, uh, there we go. You know? Well, is that good? He's that might versatile. be bad. Wait, you know, are you an awful human he's being? He's versatile, very talented, a leader. You know, Dan loves him some Dan. It all sort of it all sort of works. Yeah, I hope it ends better for me. <laughs> I don't want to be in, in a psych ward. Uh, it's very you know, successful. I'd be rich, but right, what about you? No, I didn't think of one for me. Yeah, think of yourself. Well, come up, come on. You you know inside uh, your we're gonna heart. We're going to come back to you on that. Be. Maybe, okay. yeah, maybe I, I'd like to be Little Wayne. You know? Yeah, I was actually going to say Little Wayne. Little guy. I come up with one for new money. I mean, Small new guy. money just needs to be new money. I mean, we just have to create someone. You know, past this yeah. prime, has had substance abuse issues. <laughs> it all works for me. Uh, good, uh, good one. Good one, Greg. Nicely uh, done. Let's move on. Kind of going through this in real time. Uh, okay, have heard a lot about this from, oh, at Sing for the Day, Christopher Watchen. Heard a lot about Murray and Henry, Thunder and Thunder. Which two running backs would combine to make the best legal backfield? What does that mean? I don't know. I think lethal, maybe he said. Most lethal backfield. Let's hope that's what it is. Hmm. Wes. Uh, I think you take Le'Veon Bell and David Johnson. Why wouldn't you? Hmm. If you can have any two, why not just combine the best two? Zeke Elliott and sure throw him in there too and Zach Zenner. <laughs> I don't I think Zenner quite. Yeah, you maybe that. have a guy who's a little more of a receiver type, but those two, yeah, those two. I think Zeke and and Bell. That's where I'd go, or Zeke and John. I like Zeke that's and Bell. Some, that's some sort of combo. Okay, this one from M underscore Bo at Mbo eighty for a house to qualify as a beach house. What is the maximum distance in minutes? That can separate the house from the beach. Uh, you can't measure it by bin- minutes. Here's how you measure a beach house. Can you see the ocean from the house? That's mm. a beach house. So do you live at a beach house? It's mm. a good question. I can see the ocean if I walk out onto my patio. Wait That's a minute, though. Caveat. There are plenty of roads right near my house, which are they're up on a hill. And they're at least a 12-minute drive from the beach if you're going 40 miles an hour. But you can see the ocean and the beach from there. Mm. Got me there. I think you have to be able to uh, hear the seagulls. And I was in Miami with my new beach Which house. this one did well, not. Well, it was a couple minutes from the She's beach. hearing other things. I think you ha- – all right. I'll- I think Wes's is a beach house because you can hear the ocean probably yeah, from your Yeah, I house. think so. I think as, as someone that has experience on the Jersey Shore, I consider one of the hallmarks of a beach house are people parking on your street – with, and taking their stuff and walking down to the beach. Right. And how about this? Got to be close enough to the beach where people would be parking in your neighborhood and making the walk. That's that kind is of a great. Sign. Or if you are at your house having some people over for drinks and cornhole like you do, Wes, that you could walk to the beach in sandals without it being a task. Yeah. You know, this lady that lives six, seven minutes in like rough and tumble Jacksonville, you got to probably like catch a bus to get you to the beach. That's not a beach house. One time we had a party and we lost a person. Remember that? Yes, I do. <laughs> Uh, Yet to let's be found. See, let's see. Where is Tammy? Uh, let's see. Oh, here's a good one. Dan, we were trying to kill time there for you. <laughs> here's a good one. Uh, Mark, I'll ask you this one. Callum Leslie, at Callum Leslie 92. What's been your least favorite narrative or hot take this season? Boatgate, a late runner, Callum says, but what's your least favorite? Uh, the entire AFC. <laughs> Is that a narrative? A narrative? 
Well, I it, it it umbrellas everything that I'm fed up with. Mo, the mo, the least favorite narrative. Oh, I'll tell you what it is. It's the fact that every single minute I turn on the television after the month of October, it's what to do with Tony Romo. Will Tony Romo play again? Will Tony yeah. Romo is Tony Romo being treated treated fairly enough? Did Tony Romo's speech have an impact on the locker room? Is Tony Romo going to play in the playoffs? Is Tony Romo the better starter? Is Tony Romo the guy that needs to be on the field? Why is Tony Romo not playing? I mean, enough with it already, every network around. I totally agree with you. I think that is, to me, the far, far and away the most tired narrative. If there was a commercial uh, that was the equivalent of that, it would be the Jennifer Garner Capital One commercial where she brings her dad on. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, my dad loves my commercials, and now here's my dad. He's like, can I do the catchphrase? It's like, what's in your wallet? Oh, dad. It's like, what? What? <laughs> Who are the ad wizards that came up with this one? Well, it, it – Wave farewell to that potential sponsor. It <laughs> – Come at me, MasterCard. What? They game, will. They have power. That, I think it's Capital One, so they've really done their job there and <laughs> hooking you. That concept came back to Hunter because they were trying. You know, they were she was trying to humanize herself and her dad, and ultimately, oh, backfired. It, it backfired in a big in spot. In a big spot. Uh, oh, here's a good question, Mark. At Jose got the tacos. Hi, Jose got the tacos. James Somerville. If Ses- is Sessler ever going to write a book? He seems to enjoy coming up with long, drawn-out scenarios for bits. <laughs> <laughs> I like how that ended. Bits. Um, would need to clone myself. Don't have enough time or a solid idea at this point. But would Two you, things that would be requisite. Okay, if you if you had the time, would it be something you would like to do? I would like to. That doesn't mean you can do it. I mean, pl- how many people try to do something like that? I think multiple people in this room would like to. All right. Wes, this one's for you. From Simon Campbell at DJ Death Star. Good name. Not good enough for whistles, I guess. <laughs> Would you rather spend a week with J.J. Watt in his cabin or a week with OBJ and Bieber on the boat? Wes. Ooh. Oh, my God. <laughs> I have to answer? Yes. Uh, yeah. Hey, got to pick. One of the, you don't actually have to do it. <laughs> Probably not an invite that's coming your way. Unlikely. Nor would I accept. All right, Wes. Just you know, you gotta pick one, bro. I, uh, I, th- I would think. Can I just say I'm, I'm stunned you didn't answer one immediately. I felt like Watt in the cabin. At least there's some Wes aesthetic involved, and he's got the cornhole outside, and he's gonna have some beers and a fire pit and some music probably. And maybe you'd even learn that he's not such a bad guy. He just tries too hard. Whereas the other scene, the other scene sounds like a total nightmare for Chris Wessling. Club music, loud, phony people, bottle service. All the hallmarks of the things that you loathe. All right, you swayed me. I mean, I'm a person who loves to be by the water. Did I make a right. good point? But it's Did on I a make boat. a good point too, Chris? Dan, you really raised a number of good <laughs> – a series of good – You a, hear that, Derek Carr? An ascending series of excellent points. <laughs> I like how Dan's strategy with Derek Carr was to guarantee he never unblocks him ever uh, again. You know, well, I, you know what? Do I have to do it? You have one week, Derek Carr. <laughs> if you do not – Unblock me in one week. I declare vengeance. <laughs> Seven days, baby. You got the time to figure it out. You know what the key was? What? 
you used the phrase club music, and I was like, yeah, that's anything with Bieber, Odell Beckham, and club music. But it's on a boat. I would take the I would take the Beckham and Bieber yeah, scenario too. in a second. Yeah, you'd have if nothing else, it would be a you'd be on a boat. And it would be like you could report back your findings. It would be an interesting thing. Well, to what watch. if you find out you don't like JJ Watt, and then you're alone with him in a cabin for seven? It's rough. I, I like the group thing. There's going to be other people. There's going to be fantastic uh, talents and young people all over the place. What much much, much greater talents and young people. Musicians, like all sorts. It would be fa- okay. it'd be great. I much greater chance that Justin Bieber annoys the absolute crap out of me. Most likely, Watt. The worst case scenario with Watt, honestly, is uh, he tries so hard to impress you by how great he is and, and, and kind of humble bragging and things that it drives you mad and you're in the middle of the woods and you turn into Jack Nicholson in The Shining. Right, and then he blocks you on Twitter. <laughs> Judging by what I've seen on video, I could spend the entire weekend trying to remake his cornhole form because mm. he needs it. Yeah. All right, uh, let's do a couple more. Sounds like a rom-com. Cuddled <laughs> <laughs> um, up together by the roaring fire. All right. Uh, reading books to each other, Wes and J.J. Watt. Much more in common than they realized. Con- contrary to what you would expect, he would actually be the one sitting on my lap. Here's one for you, Wes. Julian Cantor at the Barry Man. Can Wes please unblock me? <laughs> nah. <laughs> oh. I don't know. I mean, what what did you do to deserve it? Julian Cantor, Barry Man, whatever? I don't know. Hmm. State right. your case to someone else and, and have him pass it along to me. All right. Last one. Aaron Williams at Aaron C. Will. Why does Greg hate the Falcons? Also, why is his name spelled with a stutter? Spelled what does that mean? <laughs> An extra G? Yeah. I guess so. Well, that the, the extra G means it's not Gregory. It just ends the name. There's no Gregory involved. So there's that. Me and Greg Williams and Greg Doyle representing. Uh... I don't hate the Falcons. What does yeah, that mean? I love I the Falcons. I think that's your that's your uh, hip hop name, Extra G. Sixty percent. Sixty percent G is my rap name. Oh, I've sorry. always wanted. <laughs> I don't think you hate the Falcons. No, not at all. I like watching them. All right, good stuff. Good mailbag. Nice mailbag. Solid mailbag. Uh, we will be back. When will we be back? We'll be back on Thursday uh, with another episode of the Around the NFL podcast in which we break down. Each of the four playoff games coming up this weekend. It is the best weekend of the year. Divisional weekend where you get, and we got a good one this year. There's only one fraud in there. Um, so you have, you're going to have three really good games, hopefully, and then one you know extra bye week on the throne of ease. But we're getting now to some real fun football. So we'll be breaking down all of those games. Uh, so make sure you check in. Also leave... Um, uh, comments and star ratings on iTunes that supports the show and we believe that support could help the show uh, with bigger uh, dreams we have about what we can do with the show in 2017 and beyond that's it this is Dan Hansis signing off for Quiet Storm the man cannon the old boss a new money behind the glass till Thursday
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.